Hello and welcome to BWB Extra, our new weekly follow-up feature to each of our guests' main episodes. And it's where we hand over the reins to our guests to let them lead the conversation with their biggest bugbear, most burning business question, or even just a topic of their choice to discuss with us. The choice is theirs. And this week, we continue our conversation with Beluga Bean founders Rene Elliott and Sam Wigan, where we give them full permission to get in the hot seats, put their coaching hats on, and shine their personal discovery mirrors at myself and Philippa to give us both a full treatment of self-awareness. Welcome to The Beluga Bean Effect. Right, Sam and Rene, we are going to hand the reins of this podcast over to you, and you are going to break us both down and destroy <laughs> our, our characters in the name of self-awareness. Easily done, to be fair. uh, We never do that. We never do that. Yeah, basically, we're we're giving you a platform now to do do whatever you like. So over to you. Okay, cool. So who would like to go first? Dom would. Uh, (laughs) Funny. No, I will. Yeah, we were were both drawn to you, Pippa. Pippa. Yes. So tell us about a pinch or pain point in any area of your life. So just just take a moment to pause, because we put you on the spot, and just check inside and just... Like whatever would be most purposeful for you right now and in terms of our context today. So whatever would really serve you might have value. So I think probably at the moment, or the thing I've been thinking about, so there are two things that I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is, one of which is time, finding time to do stuff. So as you both know, I tend to spend quite a lot of my time working. And during lockdown... One for me, what's been great about lockdown is, you know, I've started eating better. I've sort of stopped drinking just because I couldn't be bothered anymore. I've started exercising, but fitting all that into my life has, you know, I sometimes I get to the end of the day and I'm thinking I've got to get home because there are so many different things. You know, I've got to make dinner, I've got to exercise, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and fitting it all in. And also the other thing that is a pinch point for me at the moment is sleep. Like I I listened to a podcast, it was an amazing podcast that basically talked about how important sleep is to people. And this podcast said, well, every year in the UK, we have an experiment which shows you how important sleep is for people because when the clocks go forward and back, people lose a couple of, you know, particularly in the whenever it is, which is it? Clocks going forward, I guess. Spring. Spring, people lose sleep. And the number of heart attacks in the UK increases quite dramatically around that time of year when the clocks go forward. And, you know, they were saying that's because people, sleep is so important. If it wasn't as important, we would have by now evolutionary, you know, we would have got rid of it. We can't because it's really important. So, you know, I'd like to know how you, how you fit in eight hours a night or seven to eight hours, which is people who say five or six, I believe is complete bollocks, but how you fit that in with everything else you're supposed to do during the day. So do you not even get five or six hours sleep? No, normally I do, you know, but I'm trying to get seven to eight because that is what you're supposed to do, seven to eight. I I think Renee's probably got some good things to say here. I just want to come in with a question first because you described how you've been doing these things which are working really well. So have yes. you have you stopped doing those things? No, I'm still, still doing, doing them. them. It's just it's just because by the way, you you do look great. 
And and it's that's probably because I've just been on holiday for two weeks. To be fair, <laughs> well, that, that might be helping too. Yes, maybe that's the, maybe that's the answer. Go on holiday Go for two on holiday. weeks more often. Yeah, <laughs> buy the house uh, in Greece. Yeah. Yes, that's the plan. Yeah. Okay, so you're still you're still doing those things. Yes, but it's you know particularly as so we're going into September. Work is yeah. picking up. I'm really busy. Yeah. I've got loads of loads of people selling their businesses, loads of fundraisers. You know, I could spend longer at work. Always. So I have a I have a subsequent question, which is if you were managing this before and doing the things that you wanted to do, adding those great things into your life, is the problem now that you can't or that you don't think you can? Because you said you could do, you you think you should do more at work. But is that the real problem, that you need to maintain that boundary with yourself? Yes, probably. Very possibly. So some people approach that different ways, and I'm sure Sam has something to say about this, but sometimes it's as simple, and it depends on you as a person, as setting times for you to walk out the door at work. Because otherwise, you'll, you won't stop. Because you, you were doing it, and I think you can carry on doing it. Yeah. Because there's always something else to do. Yes, always. Everything never gets done. And, you know, one thing I thought was great about lockdown, actually, I shouldn't really admit this, was the fact that, you you know, networking and all the, you know, drinks, parties, all that stuff, didn't have to do any of it anymore. You know, which gave you loads of free time. And just social life, you didn't, you know, I wasn't going out and seeing my friends on a regular basis because nobody was allowed to. And that gave me more free time. Yeah, because lockdown enforced that on you. But now, as we say, awareness gives you choice. You have the awareness that you don't want to go back into working too much. And then you need to take that choice. So take the choice to leave and go and still commit to those other activities that make you feel great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's excellent. And of course, it's a, it's a longer conversation but I think you've got this really powerful reference point for what works really well. And then, and then as Renee was picking up, it sounds like there's a little concern about, well, will I be able to maintain that? So then it's like, okay, well, you know, trust yourself. But again, I think it comes back to that, that thing. And I think you've got a, a really good handle on this of like, what is that driver that I've always got to be doing more work? And, and none of that's to say that work is the problem or that work's bad or anything like that because you love your work and, and you get a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction from it. But, but when that becomes the only thing, everything else starts to go out yeah. of whack. And it's like, okay, well, what's that driver? Because it's like, okay, if that worked for you, if you're like, no, it's great when I'm only working all the time, life's fantastic. It's like, okay, great, we'll keep doing it. But you've been complaining about it for years. Yeah, exactly. And now you yeah. look completely yeah. different and sound different. Yeah. So, well, so that's then, the Ulri Clark effect, you see. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's it, it's got a really nice, there's a really nice atmosphere here and vibe. And, you know, you can just, we, we commented on when we arrived today, like, this mm. has got a nice feel, this nice feel here. So... And you could feel that the second you came in, but then you look different as well. And then you said all the things you've been doing differently. And it's like, okay, well, it will make sense. I just see a, a kind of trusting yourself and then trusting that you know what's important. And then you're willing to, to make that important. And then everything works better. Because like you say, it's never all going to get done. Yes. And I think it's so interesting that it was enforced upon you, but now you have to make that choice. Yeah. You have to choose yourself and yeah. you have to set the boundary to be able to do that. More, more widely... I mean, because I think you, I think you're you're speaking to something that we all can relate to in some way, or lots of people can relate to, and I think it does come back to when I'm connected to the value 
I have for myself inside, it becomes much easier to make smart choices about what's important because I'm not chasing my value out there. And, and so then I'm doing those things that are in alignment with the value I have for myself. So it's like, okay, it makes sense for me now to take a break or to get to the gym or whatever it is or to cook good food, take sleep or whatever. That just makes sense because I'm connected to that value that I have for myself inside of me rather than I'm looking for it outside of myself through my work. And it's also that thing of I should be doing which I think I'm I'm less obsessed with now. Yeah. But that whole, if I, you know, I'd got to a point where if I wasn't working, I should be working. Yeah. So you feel guilty when you're doing other stuff, when you're cooking or you're, yeah, you're just yeah. vegging out or playing a computer game, which yeah. I particularly like. You know, all yeah. those things. Actually, why should you be working if you've done what you need to do and, you know, your clients are happy, we're a service industry, you've got to keep the clients happy. But, you know, if all those things are fine, why shouldn't you enjoy yourself? And I think it's, you know, it's sometimes it's like easy to talk about this stuff and then it's like, well, is it easy to do it? And the answer mm. is it doesn't always feel easy. And there is a reality to the demands that are on you and then, and then the need to show up for clients, et cetera, et cetera. But then I think the the thing that's always nice to reflect on is that actually it's that thing we were talking about earlier. When you're taking care of yourself better, you're actually more available for all those other things in your life, all those other demands for other people, yes. et cetera. And you think more clearly and you make better decisions and we think there's real benefit there. Mm. You know what works. Mm. So you've got that reference point. So it's really, you know, you've got the answer. But, you know, I would have liked to have worked out what works a lot earlier. Yeah. To be honest, because I had a lot of years of being very, very stressed. Yeah. You know, and it's nice not to be like that so much. I think it's also being a solicitor. Yeah. It's such a hard job and it's kind of endless. There's so much reading to do. But there's also a piece here, isn't there, around, around the kind of cultures, you know, as leaders that you're creating in a business. And, and I always think it's quite fun to reflect to, to often to people who we're engaged with. Say, look, guys, your problem isn't that you've employed a whole lot of slackers. Like, th th these are not the people that you've employed. You've, you've employed the anxious overachievers. Like, the issue isn't, you know, and you know, kind of piss off, like, oh, well, maybe that is an issue at our place of work. But so, <laughs> I go, well, I don't think it is. I think typically the way your cultures are, you're bringing in the people who really are driven yeah. to achieve out there in the world. And so your problem, you know, you can afford to kind of create a little more, I, I think of it as being just a bit more grown up, but, you know, more kind of auto autonomy or let people make smart choices for themselves and encourage that environment. Yeah. appreciate that they're adults. Yeah. And now a quick word from our sponsor. At Ori Clark, we understand that many of our clients want to be better informed about the issues they face, but don't have the time to wade through all of the legalese and accounting jargon to get there. We know that people love our easy-to-read quick guides on the most common problems facing our clients, and if you're here, then you probably like podcasts. So we thought, why not combine the two and make it even easier for people to access the knowledge of our team of multidisciplinary experts? Dominic Frisby sat down with Juliet Ori and Andrew Thomas to talk about company benefits. We get involved in, in arranging a wide array of, of benefits for employees. But to answer your question, what must be offered in, in the UK is a company pension scheme. So we had new rules introduced a few years back 
whereby each employer now has to offer a workplace pension scheme for their for their staff, for their employees. Uh, a qualifying workplace pension scheme, no less. So that has to tick various boxes in terms of charging structures, eligibility, and the process of, of enrolling workers. You can find our audio quick guides in the resource library at auriclark.com or search for Ori Clark Quick Guides wherever you get your podcasts. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or to follow us on Spotify so that you never miss an episode. Back to the chat. Should we do Dom? Yeah, Dom, let's do you. Okay. So where do we start? <laughs> There's a lot to get through. Wow. I hope the listeners have got to spare three hours. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, how about this? We, you know, we talk about the framework of, of six spheres of well-being. Mm-hmm. So I'll just recall them for you. So we've got physical well-being, occupational well-being, psychological well-being. We've got economic well-being, social well-being, spiritual well-being. And then if you think about it, everything in your world will fit, sit across one or more of those spheres of well-being. Yeah. And then we have definitions for each of them. But even just intuitively, like which one of those are you drawn to to consider? List them again, physical. So physical, occupational, psychological, economic, social, spiritual. Mm. So like social is like good communication relationships. Spiritual is exploring your higher nature. Physical is um, uh, fueling, uh, moving. moving, resting. Mm. Uh, occupational is uh, purpose through work and meaningful work. Um, economic is earn, spend, save, psychological, positive mind and emotions. It's funny because if you'd asked me this question a few years ago, I would have probably given you quite different answers. Sure, yeah. It changes all the time. It does, doesn't it? All the time. Now, like, I'm going to probably start with the one at least, which is the most boring for the listeners, and I do apologise for that, but this is about me, not you. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, And that is, like, I've always been uh pretty fit and in reasonable physical shape and then i've just put on just over this stupid lockdown i've just put on 10 kilos and i can't seem to um well i've just started a doing the 52 diet cuz i've always mm. found it the most effective of all diets and i've actually lost two and a half kilos in the last week but until i started doing that i seem to have got a bit of discipline back mm. but i just found it really hard to maintain my physical health to the standards that I would like to maintain it. So, for example, um, you know, I used to play football to, I'm 51 now, but I used to play football two or three times a week. I would run, I'd go cycling. And I was just in, not amazing, but just reasonable. But now I just find myself drinking more than I'd like. Mm -hmm. I'm just shocking at football now. I can't Mm -hmm. seem to kick the ball anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) hard. And it's because I'm just weighing more than I'd like. Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to do the 16-8 fasting, if you're familiar with that one. And I stuck to the 16-8, apart from the fact that I would drink <laughs> outside of the hours. <laughs> yeah, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> At yeah, exact yeah, which yeah. point you negate the whole thing. Yeah. And I can see Renee holding her head and, and, and weeping on the other side of the table. But anyway, so yeah, I would like to get my physical stuff. But I kind of know what I need to do, I think. Okay, what, what do you need to do? What do you need to I do? I need to do the bloody 5-2 diet and stick to it. So what's stopping you from doing it? Well, I, I, hopefully nothing, because as I say, I've, I've done it this week. And last week. So, so for a whole two weeks, clearly something is well, stopping Well, maybe you. there was something stopping me. But but the, I think if you do the 5-2 diet for two or three months, you kind of get to where you want to be. But then it, I, I think the thing with those fasting diets is it's, they're sort of semi-permanent, aren't they? 
I think all diets are. I don't think any of them work. But I think what I'm hearing is it's losing the weight, but then it's getting fit. And I would imagine that if you lose the weight that enables you to do the fitness that you want to do, whatever that is, whether it's bad football for a while or whatever sport you do, that will then keep the weight off and you'll improve in your fitness because you'll, you'll be able to move more freely and easily without that extra thing you're carrying around. <laughs> you, should, you should have looked down towards Just my so, stomach with a, with a mixture of pity and contempt. So, so I never do that. <laughs> so I, I've, I've got, a, uh, I, I got a, a couple of questions for you. And in fact, what, what I was getting is when you were sharing that, Dom, what was coming up for me was follow your joy because I was getting a sense of there's something about exercise that's very joyful for you. Like it, you know, you, I don't know. I just, that, that's what I was hearing. But, but really my question is when you think about that experience of being fit and, and uh, engaging in the exercise that you love, and there's a separate piece here, which might be about rediscovering what exercise really works for you now, because that mm. might've changed. Yeah, oh, I think so, yeah, that's, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So, so, but just put, that's just a, a side piece. But when you think about that experience of exercising and being fit and what that feels like, what is that experience for you? Just tell us about what that feels like and what that experience is. I play football and it's quite a competitive game, but I really don't mind that much if I'm on the team that loses, as long as I've done reasonably good things within the game. No, I don't. I, I, I genuinely don't. Um, and and I broke my leg about four or five years ago and I took up uh, playing table tennis. I didn't think I'd be able to play football again, but so I took up playing table tennis while I was in recovering. And it's bizarre. I don't know if, if you ever played table tennis, but there's something so meditative. When you're warming up, you just hit the ball back and forth, back and forth with another guy and you repeat the same motion and the ball's just going ba-dap, 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 ba-dap. And it's, there's something really meditative. And then I, I just found myself, when I'm going to sleep at night, instead of like, you know, dreaming Counting about all the sheep. things I'm going to do in the future and what I'm going to do when I take over the world, I just found myself just sort of having this repetitive ball motion. It's bizarre. So considering that, when you think about that, and, and it's interesting what I'm hearing you express is the kind of um, the, the joy of, of engaging in the movement. And you talked about the artistic expression of it, which I thought was interesting. But there's something, what I was hearing you describe is something very centering about it. Something very, you feel kind of more at peace with yourself. You feel you know, more balanced, more zen when you're engaged in these activities, right? Is that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, th- I think I do, yeah. I'm a pretty energetic bloke and and I, I work freelance. I've never had a proper job and I've, I've always worked freelance. And the problem with working freelance is that it's never quite clear when the day ends. And also, I've, I, I kind of only really do jobs that I enjoy. So the distinction between work and play isn't that clear. And I've always had an office in my yeah. house. And so... And I think one of the things in the lockdown is that I never left the house. But, but I mean, I think it's quite good if you have a job and then you go home because in, in going home, you detach yourself from the job. And it's all to do with discipline, but I, I often find I'm working so hard that I don't have the willpower to force myself to go out and run around. So, so what, what's interesting is that experience of I'm calm, I'm relaxed, I'm peaceful, right? You're going to the alcohol to deliver that essentially. So the alcohol is replacing 
those other activities that deliver that for you. Alcohol for the laughter. Yeah, <laughs> for the joy. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry, yeah, sorry. you know, but so 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 that it's interesting because it I I can see it very clearly, but and that doesn't mean that it's accurate what I'm seeing, but but what I'm seeing is that the the purpose for you is that state of of the exercise. The joy of the exercise yeah. is that state of I'm feeling centered, relaxed, calm. You know, I'm expressing through my body and you know all of that, and it accomplishes this state. And then it's interesting, you go, well, I'm drinking too much at the moment. It's like, well, yeah, because the alcohol is kind of a shortcut to that, but it doesn't give the sustained, you know, there's consequences with that as well. And I'm not judging it for a second, but just when you look at it objectively. Yeah, it's bizarre. Alcohol's highly addictive and it's probably much more addictive than we realize. And I think I've probably drunk too much. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't drink spirits. I've never really got on with spirits. And I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as as even remotely alcoholic, but I definitely drink too much beer and wine. But bizarrely, I found my, I find myself, if I exercise more, I drink more. Maybe because there's a sort of justification in the drinking or because you feel relaxed and then you have a drink. I don't know. Oh, you feel like I can't, I'm allowed to have a drink. Maybe. I'm allowed because I've, yeah. I've done the good thing. Now I can have the drink. Yeah, I mean, I stopped drinking for three months last year. Read some book, I can't remember what it was, and I stopped drinking for three months and I felt fantastic. I love the I love the way you sleep when you when you when you don't drink. So because we're all busy and we can't change everything at once, and because that's really hard. And you started out by saying you're heavier, you're dieting, you want to move again because you're not moving enough. What do you think the real problem is? I definitely think if I drank not problem. I mean, if you want to focus on something, if you want to focus on changing one thing, let me rephrase that. Would it be the drinking? You're doing the dieting. But, you know, we can't do everything. And maybe you don't want to start kicking the football around yet. You want to get the weight off and mm-hmm. maybe look at cutting down the drinking in a way that feels supportive and comfortable. And and as you said, you'd like the feeling of not drinking. So if you're going to focus on something, where would your focus be? Well, I do think, like I'm a great fan of inter- intermittent fasting generally, and I've done it in the past. And I do think, because in doing the intermittent fasting, so like I fasted yesterday, I won't fast today and I'll fast tomorrow. So that's straight away, I won't drink today. I didn't drink yesterday and I won't drink tomorrow. So straight away, that's ha- almost happening. half the week. Yeah. yeah. So I, I sort of do think if I can stick to the 5-2, a lot of the other stuff will fall into, will place. Fall into place. Good. And um, yeah, it's, I do find habits very interesting. And if I can get through that sort of the killer time is like six o'clock between six and seven. That's the one. If you have your if you have your first, if I open a bottle of wine, and have a glass of wine, I'll almost I'll probably end up drinking half or three quarters of a bottle. Whereas if I have a herbal tea at between six or seven, then I trigger off and I'm on a whole different path of herbal tea <laughs> heaven. So it's I do think it's it's interesting if you can just go to the the source of the, the bad habit and cut that off, then that's it's, quite... It's a really, really great observation. And I think you also highlighted, and, and both you and Pippa, that it's like, look, I, I know what to do. But then it's like, why don't I do it? Or why do I find it so difficult? And, and I think that's often the interesting observation. It's not that you don't know what to do. It's just, why don't I do it? And so maybe part of that is just reconnecting to what it is that you really want. You know, like, what do I really want here? And then it's like, okay, well, now let me do that which aligns with that. 
And because you, you know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's quite nice to know that no one's telling you. Like that whole should, you know, stop shooting on stop yourself. Stop shooting on yourself. Yes, and it's interesting because we were talking about this before the podcast and I referenced a book called The Four Day Win by Martha Beck, mm-hmm. which is, it's a great book. It's genius. It's complicated to work through. But what she says is that it's all in your head, which so much of this is, which is why it's about awareness. She did a lot of brain science study. And she said, when you say to someone, can you make this change for a month? People would say, oh God, no. And what she realized after tons of research is is that the amount of time people can commit to is four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do that for four days. So she says, try this for, that's why it's called the four day win. Try yeah. this for four days. But she says, then if you can link five lots of four days together. If you can do something for 20 days, you've changed the habit. Often I've, I've read a book that aims to help you in some kind of way, whether it's a diet book or, a, you know, you can improve your career by doing this, that, and the other. One of those kind of self-help books. And so you find yourself motivated to do whatever it says in the book. And I, that is something I've realized. I, I, didn't, it, I didn't know if it was actually four days, but you do find yourself doing it for a bit. And then it just sort of, for whatever reason, it just wears off. Well, the, I think, again, I mean, these things are a little circular, but greater transformation is the inner transformation, the inner paradigm, you know, how I relate to myself. And then the behavior comes from that. And obviously there is something about, well, the new behavior can also cycle into helping recreate the new paradigm. So there is a circular aspect to it. But I think one of the problems we have is we start a new behavior, but we haven't actually done the inner work, if you like, the kind of self-awareness work that allows us to make the transformation that can continue that behavior, right? And then we wonder why we keep going back to what we were doing before. Like you need a reason to be doing it that's worthwhile. Yes, and it may be that self-awareness that we say where you're checking in with yourself and being honest with yourself and respecting yourself and doing what supports you. That awareness gives you choice. You know, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? What supports me? What do I really want and why? But you're really being honest in that answer. So there you have it. That was this week's episode of BWB Extra. Thank you to Rene Elliott and Sam Wigan for joining us. A big thank you to you, dear listener. And we'll be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, please rate and review us on Apple, follow us on Spotify, and come and say hi on Instagram and Twitter at bizwithoutbs. That's B-I-Z without B-S. Until next time, it's cheerio. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark. We've been helping individuals and businesses cut through red tape in order to prosper since 1935. To find out how our team of multidisciplinary experts can help you, whatever your needs, email us at contact at auriclark.com. That is contact at O-U-R-Y-C-L-A-R-K.com or via our website. Ori Clark, you provide the questions, we'll give you an answer.